Well, y'all all huddled up in a corner over there. Y'all, y'all like you huddled in a corner. You're supposed to spread out. Isn't this tangible evidence of God's goodness? These are our interns for this summer, and we are excited to have them. Um, listen, you may want to invite them to your house. You just may have this big spread that you want to throw out. It would y'all would y'all like that if somebody were to invite you to the house and they wanted to feed you guys? But you don't have a lot of time because they're going to be so busy working this summer. They're not going to have a lot of time for fun and play, right? Isn't that right, Caleb? Don't don't mess with me. You know what I'm talking about? Your foot. Don't mess with me. <laughs> Happen again. We're excited to have them. It is a blessing this summer. They'll be serving in areas of, of worship and music. They'll be serving in areas of children, in areas of youth, and we're excited. This is this is this is a big deal for us. Michael and I were laughing. Where's Jordan? Did Jordan still in it? He run off someplace. <laughs> I. I was sitting over, I said, Michael, if you would only know Jordan years ago when Jordan was like this, and here he is now singing up on stage. Because so many times we hold kids by what we see in them, and we don't allow them to bloom as, as God has gifted them. And this is some of the, the blossoms and the fruit of, of heritage, and we are so thankful for you guys. Michael, come on up. <laughs> um. I, I'm just trying to think how to do this. I don't, because I, I don't want so many people to come up here. But would you just, would you stand as we honor and as we, we go before the Lord and we pray for them this morning and their summer? Would you do that? God, you call us to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And God, that's exactly uh, what we want to do. God, we want to equip this next generation and send them out. But God, we want them to understand first and foremost that their ministry uh, should come out of the overflow of their time with you. So God, I pray this summer that they would grasp and they would understand that they would abide in you because apart from you, they can do nothing. God, I pray we'd even realize that as husbands, fathers, moms. God, I pray that we would realize everything starts at your feet. But God, I thank you for, uh, God, these young adults who are up here today who've said, God, use me. Who've said, I want to serve. God, I thank you for their willing hearts to be available. God, I pray you would mold them more into the likeness of you this summer. God, I pray you'd put other students in their path that they could disciple. God, I pray you'd put other mentors in their life that could mentor them for them to become all that you've created them to be. God, we're thankful for what you see in us. God, when we don't see the same things in ourselves, we're thankful that even other people call it out in us, and God, you see it. So God, we pray they would see their true identity in you as they go throughout the summer. God, thank you for a church body that believes in a generation to pour into them and equip them to love on them this summer. God, we thank you for the fruit that we're going to see come out of this summer because they were willing and available to say, God, use me. God, we love you, and all God's people said, Amen. 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 Thank you. 
If you would turn in your Bibles to the book of, <laughs> I want to say Isaiah just to throw you off, but the book of Proverbs, please. <laughs> if you would do that. <clears throat> you know, can, can, can you imagine the numbers of seeds that are being sown and planted um, that we as a church family have to do and that one day, I, you, you know, it's like, it's like a bird comes in and he, and he picks up a seed. When, when we were growing up, there, there were these little ornamental peppers that my grandmother had and the birds would come in and they would eat those seed and they would scatter those seed and you would end up finding these ornamental pepper bushes all over the place. Can, can you get a picture of what it's like for us to be part of planting seeds of faith that will eventually take root and grow up wherever they are, which will again plant seeds of faith will eventually be, that's the church. That's what we're supposed to be about. And so I, I'm very thankful for you. We're very thankful for you and join us in this, in this journey and what we're, what we're part of. Proverbs. Let's start there today. Um, we're going to be, be in the book of Proverbs over the next 10 weeks. Solomon, who was the son of King David, um, under the inspiration of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, would end up writing most of Proverbs. He, he didn't write all of Proverbs, but he was the main contributor to Proverbs. And over these next 10 weeks, we're going to be sort of diving in, and there's no specific um, Agenda. We're not going to be following a pattern, but it's going to be random as as we speak throughout the out these ten weeks, and um, and so. But there are going to be nuggets of truth that we're going to be picking out, that we're going to be that we're going to be hopefully taking home, and not just hearing, but these are things that we can apply to our lives, and uh, it's enjoyable to have you guys to be a part of that time, and and a part of those ten weeks. And, and Michael made note of it earlier. Our prayer is that you would join us in spending time in God's Word. I think one of the things that I, I've learned in 40 plus years of ministry, there's a lot of times I'm thinking about things that you necessarily aren't thinking about. Let's just be honest. We, sometimes at staff, we have to remind ourselves, not everybody's sitting around thinking about the things that we're thinking about. I want you to be thinking about this. Does that make sense? I, I want you to be thinking about the book of Proverbs. I want you to be thinking about the wisdom that comes from God's word. I want you to be thinking about the words that Solomon wrote and why he wrote those words because those words are valuable to us. They're important to us. And I want to include you. We want to include you in reading along with it. It's simple. It's a pattern that we can follow. And, and you better not skip out on chapter 31. You better just read two chapters that, 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 that day. But I want, you to, I want to include you in that because I believe that in the reading of God's Word and the application of God's Word, there's life that takes place. I, I believe there's, there's something that happens. I know there's something that happens, especially. The Bible says that God's Word, that we're to hide it, hide it in our hearts so that we may, not, we may not sin. It's so important that we read. It's, it's, a, it's a point of direction for us. It gives us a pattern for us for living. And so there are so many subjects that are dealt with within the book of Proverbs that, that there's something applicable for every one of us. And what your takeaway may, may be for that day may not be necessarily somebody else's takeaway, but it's something that God has for you if you're willing to seek after it. And so I, I encourage you to be a part. I, I want to flood social media, not with pictures of vacations and all these other things that people are doing or your opinions about politics or all that stuff. I want us to flood God's, I want us to flood social media with God's word. Amen? 
There are people that are hungry to hear what God's Word says. Why don't we as God's people, God's family, a part of His family, why don't we share that with others so that we can bring them in and they can be part of what's going on in our lives? So I say all that to say this is important for us for these next two months. Read it as an individual. Read it as a family. Involve your children however you want to go about that. But this is so vitally important. Don't miss out. If you miss a day, pick it up. It takes you 10 minutes at most. Pick it up. Just go back and pick it up. It's important. And if I could take everything that we're going to be doing over these next two months, and I could give you one verse, I think, to settle in on, I, I think, and we've I've used this passage before, um, but I would go back to Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, which says this, sort of a focal point for me in my time as I speak to you. Proverbs 9, 10, which says, The fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. But listen to what verse 11 has to say. Wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. Is there anybody in here that wants to cut life short? What does it say? Wisdom will add to you. It will multiply your days, add years to your life. And then listen to what he says in verse 12. If you become wise, you will be the one to benefit. And let me just go on to say this right here. You just won't be the one to benefit, but those around you will benefit. Okay? And then listen to what he says. If you scorn, in other words, if you turn away from, if you disregard um, wisdom, you will be the one to suffer, which I also want to add. Not only will you suffer, but those around you will suffer. Have you ever suffered as the result of somebody else's foolishness? Have you ever caused someone around you to suffer as a result of your foolishness? So there's a lot that we're going to be taking away in this, in this book as we read through it. It's not just about the, oh man, I tell you what, I read through Proverbs twice in, the, in June and July. It's not just about the information, but it's about the application. And it's about seeking after the heart of God in the journey. So simply put, here's the important deal for me. The fear of the Lord is the foundation to all wisdom. That our relationship with God, that our trust in him and his word is paramount when it comes to seeking after wisdom. Paramount. And when talking about the importance of wisdom, I go back to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, which says, getting wisdom, acquiring wisdom is the wisest thing that you can do. In other words, there might be a lot of things in life that you consider to be valuable, but at the top of that list is wisdom, should be wisdom. Nothing is more, nothing is more important, nothing is more valuable than wisdom. And he goes on to say, and whatever else you do, develop good judgment. The word good judgment there in the original language means understanding or discernment. And so when we look at knowledge and we look at wisdom, there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is, is gaining something, inf information gained. Wisdom is applying that information. I have written down from the, from, the, from the dictionary, knowledge, information that's gained through experience, reasoning, and acquaintance. Whereas wisdom is the ability to discern, to judge what is true, what is right, and what is lasting. It's the application of Knowledge. Maybe you've heard these sayings before somewhere along your journey. It was knowledge that constructed the Titanic, but it's wisdom that avoids the icebergs. 
It's knowledge that helps us understand God, but wisdom is what encourages us to walk with God. And then my favorite one that I heard years ago was this, knowledge is knowing that tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put the tomato in fruit salad. <laughs> yeah. Billy Graham once said this, knowledge is horizontal, going to school, education, books, classes, the acquisition of knowledge. But wisdom is vertical, comes from the Lord above. It comes from him himself. He is the one that holds all knowledge, all wisdom in the palm of his hands. And even though we can have knowledge without wisdom, we can't have wisdom without knowledge. It was King Solomon that said wisdom begins with the recognition of knowing who's at the top of the food chain. In your life today, when you think about who's large and in charge, what comes to your mind? And so our desire is that we're gonna grow in wisdom and knowledge and we're gonna be able to apply that to our lives. And what will happen is it will not only impact our lives, but it'll impact those that are within a, a distance, a severe of influence of, of us. So with that thought, what I'd like to do is we talk about the book of Proverbs um, over the next couple of months. What I, I want you to do is, is recognize this. Wisdom comes from the Lord. It comes from the Lord. Um, matter of fact, would you say that with me today? Wisdom comes from the Lord. Wisdom comes from the Lord. There are multiple ways that we could look at the book of Proverbs. I, I'm a simple person. I like to look at things simply. So if I were to give you sort of an outline or for Proverbs, there are multiple different outlines that people have come up with the years of it. I think one of the most simple outlines, if you want to write this down, we can divide it really into, into three different parts. Number one, advice for the young in chapters one through nine. Chapters one through nine, advice for the young. We see the introduction here. We also see uh, the focus on younger people. He speaks to the details of godly living and listening to the advice, heeding the advice from your parents. The second part would be chapters 10 through 24. And this would be advice for anyone. And here we find wisdom for anyone on various topics. Many of the Proverbs given have in reference to contrast in life between the righteous person and the wicked person. As you can imagine, our encouragement that Solomon gives is to commit our ways to the Lord, to commit everything that we do to seek out God's wisdom and to seek to follow him in, in, the, in the ways. As a matter of fact, in Proverbs 14, 12, we see the words, there is a way which seems right to man. There's always a way that seems right to us, but its end is the way of death. And then we had the third section. That third, third section is advice for leaders. Those that desire to be leaders. This is other Proverbs that were written down by the advisors of King Hezekiah from the words of Solomon. These are Proverbs particularly helpful to those that desire to be a godly leader. And in 31, it finishes up with probably one of the most important Proverbs of all um, is, the, is the reference to a godly wife. You, you, you want to find a, a great leader? Behind that great leader, you'll find a godly woman. Amen? I, I know what it's like to have a God. Don't you skip out on, verse, on chapter 31. That's important. When I think about Proverbs 31, I think about my wife. I, I think about she's the one that Solomon must have been writing about at that time. When I go back and I look at her characteristics and I think of who she is and her character uh, and the person that she is and her love for God and her desire to follow the Lord. 
I just married way beyond my, my uh, or punted way beyond my whatever they call that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so the Lord has blessed me. But right out front, Solomon doesn't waste any time telling us why, he, why, why the book is being written. Look at what it says and read along with me. I think there's some things in your notes that you can, uh, that you can write down out of this. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose, their purpose, the reason they're being written is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their Proverbs is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables and the words of the wise and their riddles. And then here's our takeaway again, going back to what we had read earlier in, in Proverbs 9. But here we see it up front in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. For the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools, a fool despises wisdom and discipline. In other words, wisdom begins with understanding the placement of God, that he's at the top. Amen? that we should be seeking after him, that we should be desiring to know him and know his word, that he is large and in charge. And so we're going to set up, set up shop here over the next few minutes because what I want to do over the next few minutes is I would like to take and look at some of the personalities or the characteristics of the people that are talked about here in Proverbs because in this room we may find, hopefully prayerfully not, we may find one uh, of, you may, you're going to probably fit into one of these one of these uh, areas. Um, these are four different types of people that we find mentioned in the book of Proverbs, and you can write these down someplace. The first, the first beginning with the simple or the naive. The simple or the naive. This is the person that lacks wisdom because of their, they lack information. They, because there's a lack of being informed. They lack information or experience. They're naive. They're clueless. They don't know any better. Have you ever made a bad choice, not because you wanted to make a bad choice, but you made a bad choice because you just didn't understand or you didn't have the information needed to make the right choice? You know what I'm saying? Have you ever done that? Have you ever made a bad choice, not because you wanted to make a wrong choice, but just because you didn't know? You didn't know. Proverbs 7, 7 says this, I saw some naive young men, and in one in particular who lacked common sense. So it's a person who lacks experience. Uh, could be a younger person, but not necessarily an un, a, a younger person. I've seen older people that lack common sense. I see an, I've seen older people um, that may lack the information needed to make a wise choice. Reminds me of Big John and little Russell. So one day, Russell, this is a true story. I happened to be there when it took place. Big John was... You've heard me talk about Big John before. Russell was probably, I don't know, 13, 14 years old. And he went to his dad and he said, he said, hey, dad, he said, uh, he said, can I go? And he wanted to go to some place. I think it was a concert or something. I don't really remember, but, but can I go to so-and-so? And Big John said to him, he said, boy, how old are you? <laughs> 13. Son, do I think I, do I need to say anything else? Well, can I go, dad? Boy, do I need to say anything else? 
And some of you would go, well, that's just, that's terrible. I can't believe, I can't believe that he would treat his son that way and not let him do something that he wanted to do. No, listen, no, as a parent, sometimes we have to make choices for our kids because they may not be in a place spiritually, emotionally, physically to make a good choice. Are you with me? So sometimes we have to step in and we've got to make a choice because they're not at the place to make that choice. I can't tell you how many times over the years I've heard, I've heard this statement. If somebody would have only told me, if I would have only known, if I would have only maybe listened, and you might be offended by this, and I'm sorry if you are, but the reality is this, there's a little bit of naive and simple in all of us. Absolutely. The remedy for the simple, the naive person, time and experience. To have lived long enough to gain experience, but also the willingness to listen and learn from those who have been there before. The second person that we find in the, listed in the scriptures is the, as that um, character of the fool. The fool. The person that has the information, but they refuse to apply it. How many of us know the speed limit? Teenagers, you ever done something your parents ask you not to do? Husbands, you ever done something your wives ask you not to do? Maybe I ought to bring that up. Wives, you ever done something your husbands ask you not to do? How many of us have the, have, um, the information, um, but we've made foolish decisions? We've made foolish decisions. We've had the information, but we refuse to apply the information that we have, and as a result, we bear the scars, not only outwardly, but inwardly as well. Yeah. Maybe you've asked the question before, or been asked the question, what in the world did you do that for? Hmm. Proverbs 10, 23, doing wrong is fun for a fool, but wise, living wisely brings pleasure to the sensible. The New Testament, the book of Hebrews, follows it up with this passage, sin is pleasurable for a season. See, we might think that we can escape the consequences of our foolish decisions, but listen, just give it time. It'll eventually catch up. Eventually. And we need to understand that the people that we hang out with play a role in how we live our lives. Solomon would say this in Proverbs 13, 10. You've heard this. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers much what? Harm harm. Think about that for the seconds. I mean, how many of us have do-overs in life, things that we wish we had an opportunity to do over, and those do-overs happened in the presence or under the influence of some of what the Bible would refer to a fool? Hmm. We want to grow in wisdom, hang out with people who are wise. It's important. Surround yourselves with other people who are moving in the same direction and seeking after the things of the Lord. The remedy, the antidote for the fool is this, adversity or tragedy. You say that's not fair. Life's not about being fair, is it? But you want to talk about a remedy for the fool, adversity, having to walk through difficulty. Maybe it's an accident. Maybe it's jail time. Maybe it's the failure of a class. Maybe it's having to be uh, retained in a grade. Maybe it's the loss of a job. It could be the loss of a marriage. It could be the loss of a reputation or even the loss of life. But the consequences of our foolishness doesn't just impact us, but it impacts those who love us the most. And there might be some of us to say, man, I'm so glad that isn't me. 
I'm glad that I don't, I don't fit into that description. Be careful. Because every one of us are a step away from stupid. Don't ever say that. that I would never do that. Be careful. Watch out. There's people who say, well, that would never happen to me. I, I, I know a young man. He's not a young man anymore. He's an older man. He was a very promising athlete. He was a, he was a young man that had excelled in the classroom. He excelled in sports. He was very, um, I mean, he was looking to the next level when it came to sporting activities. And, and uh, as he was raised in a Christian home, he knew the Lord. Uh, he was, um, made a decision for the Lord early on in life. And things were going really well for him in middle school. But in high school, um, he made some poor choices. He started hanging out with the wrong people. He started doing some stuff that he knew was wrong, that his parents disagreed with, that, that did not in any way identify him as a follower of Christ. And, uh, man, he thought he was at the top of the world because, I mean, his kid was good-looking. He was a good athlete. But eventually it caught up with him. And that night... That night he was in a tragic accident. It was his fault. He ended up taking the life of his, one of his best friends. He was prosecuted for that. He was prosecuted. Um, and um, you would say, man, that's just the worst of all situations. It, it is. But I want to say this to you when I, when I think about that, that God can take even the worst of situations that seem hopeless and bring about hope. So whatever situation you may have experienced in the past, God has a way of taking those things that it seems like, man, there's just no hope. There's, there's no sense. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. But God is a restorer, and he has the ability to take those things which see so wrong and so bad and so terrible and do things with them when we're willing to repent and to turn to him. There's a song, and the words of that song say something like this, all this pain, I wonder if I'll ever find my way. I wonder if my life could really change at all. All this earth, could all that is lost ever be found? Could a garden come up from the ground at all? You make beautiful things. You make beautiful things out of the dust. You make beautiful things out of us. All around hope is springing up from this old ground, out of chaos Life is being found in you, Jesus, in you. That's the source, source of wisdom, source of life. That guy that I was telling you about was sentenced to 30 years in prison. He ended up walking through a program, ended up being um, released, and now he is serving the rest of his life on probation. Um, but out of that tragedy and out of that difficulty, this young man went and has, has um, recommitted his life to the Lord. He's gone before the family of this, this, this young man who's, who he was good friends and asked for their forgiveness. And, and out of this, this, this gentleman now is in ministry and he's committed to life to sharing his life and his example and you know, what he went through and the fact of you know, the poor choices that he made because of the people that he was hanging around. And God has a way of doing incredible things. Now this gentleman has the ability to speak into the lives of others, not for his glory, but for God's glory. Amen? The third one. So we've got the naive, the simple, we've got the fool, and now the mocker or the scoffer. 
the mocker, the scoffer, the fool. This is a fool on steroids. This is the guy that not only refuses to do what's right, this is the guy or the person that is the ambassador for what's wrong. And he also encourages other people to join in and be a part. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 9, verses 7 and 8. Anyone who rebukes a mocker will get an insult in return. Why spend your time trying to correct a mocker when all they're going to do is, is refuse your advice? Because they don't really care. They live in conflict and they love that. It goes on to say, anyone who corrects the wicked will get hurt. And here's the advice. So don't bother correcting mockers. They'll only hate you. Why bother? It's not that, you know. But correct the wise and they will love you. Proverbs 13, 1 says, a wise child accepts a parent's discipline. A mocker refuses to listen to correction. It was up front in Psalms chapter 1 that we find in the words of David. Oh, the joys of those who do, uh, oh, the joys of those who um, do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers and make note of what he's fixing to say here. Don't miss this. Be careful of how we spend our time because sometimes we aren't the one being the influencer. Sometimes we are the ones being influenced. It was Peter near the end of life when writing to the believers would say this, 2 Peter 3, 3, most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last day, scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. Does that not like sound like the time that we live in today? Hmm. And we say, is there any hope? Is there any hope for the mocker? If so, what is it? God. Intervention from God, only God. God's grace and his mercy. I was listening to a story yesterday, sitting out on a dock of a gentleman that was sharing his testimony, who was raised in a church and his dad was a pastor and what, you know, his life that he lived. And then, man, he basically said, I just went off the deep end and decided I didn't really care. He said, I was that rebellious child that didn't want to listen to Jesus anymore. And he said, I went off. And after a long period of time, after a long, long period of time, he said, after my, I think it was his third or fourth DUI, which then became, he went on to explain the consequences. He said, I was in jail and I met this guy. And I met this guy that was being transported from one prison to another prison. He happened to be in the same place I was that night because they were transporting him to a maximum security place in this this African American, this big guy, he said, I was talking, he started talking to me about Jesus. And I thought, well, what in the world do you know about Jesus? And he said, that's the man that changed my life. And he began to share with him, this gentleman that he met, God's intervention at that moment in time. And he said, he said, I began to weep and I began to cry. He said, because I knew, I knew what he was talking about. And I had ran from God. But God used that man to intersect my life at that point in time. And I got down on my knees and he said, I asked Jesus to forgive me. And he said, I got on the phone at four o'clock in the morning. And he said, Sid, I ended up having to leave that morning. They got me to take me out. They called my name as soon as I, as soon as I made that decision. I, I wanted to talk to my dad. And he said, before I could call my dad, he said, they called my name, called his name out. He said, son, you're out of here. <laughs> He was out on his third DUI. They called him to get out. And he said, I, 
I never got a chance to know that guy's name. Never got a chance to know his name. And to this day, as far as I know, it was an angel that God had sent to me to intersect my life. So for the mocker, yeah, there's, there's the ability, but only God in his grace and his mercy. The fourth person, which I would pray that all of us would want to be in this area, the wise. And just because you hold a certain position or you got a certain college degree doesn't mean that you're automatically wise. In Proverbs 9, 9, there's some unique characteristics about a wise person. And look at what it says in, in Proverbs 9, 9. Instruct the wise and they will become even wiser. In other words, the wise person isn't somebody that knows it all, but it's somebody that's willing to listen. Somebody that's willing to listen. Um, it goes on to say, teach the righteous. Teach, teach the righteous and they will learn even more. In other words, they will be teachable. See, if you own a business, if you're in the responsible for hiring people, that's the type of people that you want. You want somebody that's willing to listen. You want somebody that's teachable. If you're an employer, those are the type of people that you want to hire. That's the kind of people I want on staff. That's the kind of people that I want surrounding me, people that are wise, people that are seeking after, people that just don't know everything. Some of the people that know it all sometimes are not the best employees. It's the learners, the ones that want to know, that are willing to sit down and listen, that allow you the opportunity to speak into to them. The wise person is the one that recognizes that maybe they don't know it all, and even if they do know it all, they're still teachable, and they're willing to listen. So there's four different types of people, the naive and the simple, the fool, the mocker, and the wise. Which of those areas do you fit? Where do you fit? Where would you place yourself at this moment? Four types of people. We might summarize them by saying this, correct the simple and they may not understand you. Correct the fool and they may ignore you. Correct the mocker and they may hate you. Correct the wise and they will thank you. But which one of those areas do you happen to fit in? And so in this series, we're going to be walking through Proverbs. We're going to be reading the Proverbs, and we're going to be looking for those nuggets of wisdom that will help us in this journey that we're on in Christ. Those treasures. You know, if you were to take a poll, probably all of us at some point has seen some type of a program on show where they're digging or they're looking for something. They're searching for something, and they're going about it in such an intense way. If they could just find this, if they could just find that. And I want you to think about that as you're walking through Proverbs. There's something that you're looking for. You're looking for it because you know it's valuable. Valuable. I, uh, I've met some people before. I don't know why they do that. I think it's a learned behavior. Um, but there are some people that I know that they keep money around the house. Are you with me? And they hide it in various places. Sometimes in books. Books, you know, across. They'll, they'll slip a $100 bill in here, a $100 bill in there. They have some extra money. They, I, I, uh, so so my, my dad was saying something to Caleb, and Caleb made this decision. Dad... If, Graham, if, if, if Papa dies, I'm going to go through all of his books. <laughs> not, not because he's searching for wisdom, but because he's searching for $100 bills. 
But I wonder if there were $100 bills inside of these Proverbs, if you'd be willing to search after them a little bit harder, a little bit more intense, a little bit more, you know. Psalms 19, 7 to 11, the psalmist said, the instructions of the Lord are perfect. They're perfect. Reviving the soul, the decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Notice the progression of growth and maturity. Notice that. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest of gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the cone. They are a warning to your servant. They are a reward to those who obey them. Proverbs 19, 23, the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the reverence of God, the awe of God, it's the beginning of wisdom. But here he says, the fear of the Lord leads to life, security, and protection. Did you hear that? The fear of the Lord, honoring God, recognizing who's large and in charge. He says here, it leads to life, Security and protection. That's big. When I think about that, I just want to go, <sighs> whatever it may happen, whatever we may be facing, whatever may be going on, he says here, the fear of the Lord leads to life. It brings security and protection from harm. Talking about a nugget of wisdom that I want you to leave with today, it would be this. When we grasp what it means to fear God, we have the ability to live fearlessly. There's nothing I have to fear. When I fear the Lord, when I understand what it, what it means to fear God, to honor Him in awe and majesty, and I want, to, I want to obey Him with my life, then it says that I can live fearlessly, not afraid of anything. Martin Luther said this, to fear God is not merely to fall upon our knees. Even a godless man and a robber can do that. Scripture presents the fear of God as a matter of the heart's inclination. That's deep. That's deep. The position of the heart. The fear of the Lord is the foundation. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's about the repositioning of our hearts to align with God, to search after him, to seek after him. So the ending of day is this. We got two months. We got longer. We may not have two months because the Lord may come back or we may not be here in two months. But right now we have two months to set aside, to look and to dig and to search for those nuggets of truth recognizing who's large and in charge and desiring to hear a word from him. I just want you to accept that challenge to walk along this with me. Will you do that? I almost want you to raise your hand. You know, we were talking about this Proverbs and people, well, how do I sign up? I mean, there's nothing to sign up, you know. I just want you to make a commitment. 
I want you to be serious about this as much as possible, to stay in the words of Proverbs, to seek after it every day. And I know there's some of you that are going to walk out of here and you're going, eh, whatever. My prayer is, though, that you're going to accept, accept the challenge. And at the end of these two months, I promise you that if you do that, you'll find yourself in a better place, having grown, making wise the simple. You will mature in this journey that we're on. The starting point, though, recognizing that God is large in charge. Repositioning your heart to seek and to search after him. And if you don't know Jesus, maybe during this journey, you may come to the place of recognizing that maybe you don't know it all. And that maybe you don't have the world by your, you know, by the, by the shirt tail. And maybe you can't save yourself. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Would you pray with me today? Jesus, thank you for the reading of your word and the privilege we have to, to absorb this, to read this, to digest it, to chew on it over these next couple of months. We do this as a church family. This is important. So Lord, would you help us to fulfill this commitment? And I'm praying that as we read your word, that you would be faithful, that we wouldn't just be hearers, but we would be doers. That we would just, would this time wouldn't just be about gaining information, but it would be trying to see, Lord, how do you want me to apply this information to my life? And as I live up underneath you, Lord, that I could recognize that life will be so much easier and there will be rest and there will be protection and there will be joy. For the person that may be here today that doesn't know you, Lord, I pray that during this journey that they will come to the place of recognizing that you, God, are in charge and that they would humble themselves and willingly submit themselves to Jesus and desire to follow him and seek him with all of their heart. For those of us that are believers, may we grow in our faith. May we grow in our faith Father, so that we have the ability to share that which we've learned and live out that which we've learned into this world in which we live. As we walk out these doors this morning, remind us that we are your children, we are your ambassadors. Thank you, Jesus, for the privilege. Thank you for the goodness of God that we have experienced, that we are experiencing. May we be faithful to the task and the responsibilities you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen.